0: Alright, once again, let me call your attention to the book of Joel, chapter number 2. The book of Joel, chapter number 2. i read just a few verses here in Joel, chapter number 2. And uh, we're covering the latter part of chapter number 2 and all of chapter number 3 as we finish up this overview of the book of Joel. And it's amazing... And and we've talked about this several times. It's amazing once you begin to see Christ in the light that He should be seen in the Word of God. It is amazing that you find Him everywhere. Uh, you don't you don't turn to the minor prophets as we're going through this study. You don't turn to the minor prophets and think, well, we're going to see this and this and this. Let me remind you, everywhere we go in the Word of God, we're going to find Christ. And if you haven't found Christ in that Scripture, you haven't understood that Scripture correctly. It's at the point that you find Christ there that that Scripture is understood. And that's something we're going to look at and we're going to see this morning. We'll read verse number 28 down through verse number 32. And we'll pray and get into the message. In verse number 28 of chapter number 2 of the book of Joel, the Bible said, "...and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions." And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days I will pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall deliverance shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Let's pray. Father, we pray that You pour out upon us wisdom and understanding that being taught by You and by the Holy Scriptures, our hearts and minds might be open to receive all that leads to life through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Once again, we're, we're finishing up this morning in the book of Joel, we've, we've been looking at the minor prophets. We're calling this series, Majoring on the Minors, and we're looking at the minor prophets as they are called in the Word of God. And we saw in the introduction to this series, we saw that although they're called minor prophets, there's uh, it, it, they're not minor there, there's a great deal of truth that we find in these, in these books, in what would have been called the prophets. All 12 of them together would have been called the prophets. But we come to this point in the book of Joel. We began by looking at the introduction to Joel, and then we come to the point to where last week we looked at how the locust had come. And how that they had taken away from everything. And how that things were stolen from them. And how that desolation had come upon them. And we found out that in the midst of all of that, what did Joel call the children of Israel to do? He called them to repent. And the second time that Joel called them to repentance, he called them to repentance and told them how and why they should repent. He told them that, they should rend their hearts, not their garments. That it should be an inward thing, that that their hearts should be rend toward God. And he tells them why. And we found out last week that the reason why God calls to repentance is he calls to repentance because of his mercy and his grace. Oh, we saw... As we looked at that, we saw God's response to that. God gave responses to that. And in this latter part of the book of Joel, and in the latter portion of chapter number 2, what we read this morning, and then all of chapter number 3, we see that Joel writes three poems, if you will, that kind of go alongside of God's responses. That he had offered. We saw last week, we saw in verse number 27 of chapter number two that God's divine presence would fill his people. And then we come to chapter number two and verse number 28 down through verse number 32, the what we read this morning. We find that God tells them that in the in in verse number 28 he said, And it shall come to pass afterward. After what? After the repentance after God's response to their repentance after that had taken place after all of that had happened he said and it shall come to pass afterward that i will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions now if if we were if we were looking at this in some kind of prophecy message, and some kind of prophecy series, we could, we could try to pull out a lot of things from here. But I, I think there's things besides that that God wants us to see in this passage of Scripture and understanding in this passage of Scripture. And that is that God will fill all His people. And He will fill them with His Spirit you and I have been given the Spirit of God. He is telling us and letting us know that we're going to have the indwelling of the Spirit of God. And this uh, this period of time that's being talked about is that day of the Lord when Jesus Christ takes upon Him the, the wrath of God on our behalf understanding that that he has taken that upon him on our behalf. You find that and, and in fact Joel is alluding to in this passage of Scripture, Joel is alluding to Isaiah chapter 32 and verse 15, Isaiah 44 and verse 3, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 through 34, and Ezekiel 36 23 through 28. So we truly love and follow Christ because He first loved us. You and I have been given the filling of the Holy Spirit of God. And that is so that you and I walk truly in His love. God did not leave us here all alone. We have been given the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God teaches us and guides us into all truths. Leads us into the the truths that we find in the Word of God. God responds to the repentance of the people and He responds to them by promising them that there would be divine presence that would fill His people. And Joel is telling us here in verse number 2 in chapter number 2 verse 28 through 32 he's telling us that God is filling his people and will fill them with the spirit of God. You and I do not have to walk this walk alone. We do not have to travel this road alone. Then we find, as we looked at last week in God's response, we found out that God would confront the invaders. We found that in verse number 20 down through verse number 21. How that God was going to confront those that were invading Israel. So we come to this portion of Scripture, and in chapter 3 verse 1 down through verse number 16, we are told that God is going to confront evil not only in his people, but he's going to confront evil among all the nations. If you'll recall when we did, when we went through our introduction to this series, if you'll recall some of the things that all of these prophets are going to deal with, they're going to deal with God's dealing with his people. And they're also going to deal with God's dealing with all nations. If we Come to the Word of God understanding that what we find in the Word of God is one story. I think we get a misconception sometimes when we when we come to the Word of God that it is broken apart and this happening and that happening and this taking place and that taking place. When, when in reality the Word of God, and when you begin to look at the Word of God in that way you have a clear understanding of His Word. When you understand that the Word of God is about one thing, it's about His redemptive story for His people. And when we come to that point, we understand that God deals with all nations. And God is dealing with all nations. God is dealing with everyone. And as he deals with everyone, he is either going to deal with you in favor or he's not going to deal with you in favor. And if you're saved by the grace of God, he always deals with you in favor. If you're not saved by the grace of God, he will deal with you not in favor. Why? Because you're not in the Lord Jesus Christ. He tells us that once we are saved, now there, there abideth no more condemnation for us. There is no more condemnation. The wrath of God has been satisfied on our behalf. The Lord Jesus Christ did that. We didn't do that. I didn't clean up my life and make my life better and therefore I am accepted before God. Because if it were that way, when I messed up, I would be less accepted before God. But that's not what the Scripture teaches us. The Scripture teaches us that we were born in Adam. We were born in our father Adam. He was the, he was the first one. And we were of our father Adam. And in being of our father Adam, we, we inherited something... And our inheritance in that position is that we inherited death. Adam sinned. Death was passed upon him and so death was passed upon all men in that one had sinned. You and I became sinners because we were born in sin. We were born in Adam. But when God reveals His grace to us, when when grace saves us, you and I are placed, we're taken out of Adam and we're placed in the Lord Jesus Christ. That old man dies. The old man don't just go to sleep. The old man don't just kind of nullify itself. The old man dies. That is the reason the Bible teaches us and tells us now Sin hath no more dominion over us. As was being alluded to this morning. If, if you're in sin, you're in bondage to sin. And, and like was just what was being alluded to and what was being talked about this morning. When, when you're in that sin, most people say I have the freedom to do what I want to do. When all, when all reality, you're in more bondage than you than than you would be in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're 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 not in bondage in Jesus Christ because you have been made free. Whom the Son sets free is what free indeed. We're free in the Lord. So so Christ is dealing in this. In this day of the Lord, he is, God is revealing that He is sending the Holy Spirit to indwell His people, those that are saved by the grace of God. And He is also saying that He is going to confront evil among His people and among all nations. There's going to be a day when sin is going to be done away with. There will be no more sin. What a day that will be when there is no more sin, when there is no more temptation, when there is no more uh, not doing what we should do or doing what we should not do. We We won't be dealing with that anymore, but for those of us who are in Christ, that does not change the favor that we have with God. So we understand that God is going to confront all nations. And he tells us that. I'm not going to read all, of the, all 16 of these verses for sake of time. But I challenge you to go back and read these. And understand that he's telling them and letting them know that God is going to deal with sin. God dealt with sin on the cross of Calvary. Calvary there's something we need to understand about Christ's death. Christ's death was sufficient for all of sin. Christ's death was sufficient for every man, woman, boy and girl that has ever taken a breath. His death was sufficient. But His death is Applied, It is an atonement for those who believe. Those who do not believe His death is not an atonement for them. It is those who believe that atonement. It is those who, who see. It is those, as we sang this morning, when, when, I, when I was able to see, when I knew of what Christ did for me, you say how how do I know that I'm saved? How do I know that I that, that that I believe? Do you see the atonement of Christ for you? It is, was Christ's death on your behalf? Is that what you're clinging to? Is that what you're holding to? Therein is the assurance of salvation. My assurance of salvation is not because I bowed on my knee behind a piano at Oak Ridge Baptist Church on Gold Hill Drive in Salisbury, North Carolina. By the way, that's where it happened. That's where I began to believe. But it's not in that that I'm saved. It's in the fact of believing that Jesus Christ And trusting that Jesus Christ is my way of salvation, is my means of salvation. Understanding that God is going to confront evil among nations. He's going to confront evil among his people, He's going to confront evil among nations. And he does that by bringing that knowledge to us of our sin, bringing that knowledge to us of his grace. And it is the grace of God that presents that. Once again, like I've already said in in opening up, it 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 is not because my grandfather was a preacher. It is not because of the family that I was born into. It is not because of the heritage or lineage that I may have. Paul said, I have of all things to boast. He said, I am of the tribe of Benjamin. I, 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 I learned this of this. I was taught this of that. I, I had this knowledge. I had this and I had that. But he said, I count all of that but dung. I count all of it but loss. For what? The excellency of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the knowledge of Jesus Christ that produces salvation in us. It is not what we learn by someone; it is what is given to us by God. It is what is revealed to us by God in His grace, being revealed to us and being given to us. And if and, and, and I've said all of that to say this: God is dealing with the evil among his people and he's dealing with the evil among the nations and as he's dealing with that those believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the Bible says it is accounted unto us for righteousness can I just tell you something I got saved the same way Abraham got saved I believed And I believe because God revealed Himself to me. I didn't believe because I woke up one morning and said, You know, I think I'm just going to believe today. No, it is a genuine belief that is placed in my heart that that I cannot get away from, that I cannot escape from, because I know of it to be the truth of the Word of God. I cling to that. I hold to that. As my children were growing up, there were times that they would come and sit with me and my my sons can attest to this, they would come and sit with me and say, Dad, I don't know if I'm saved or not. And I'd sit down and we'd talk about salvation and we'd talk about how, what salvation was. And, and 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 I know that even as I've grown in salvation and grown in my Christian walk for God, I've, I've grown to know more and more as I've gone along the way. But even as I got to this point in talking to my children and talking to those around me, there was a statement that I've made all of my life and it is this, Brother Charles. If I die and go to hell, I'll die and go to hell believing Christ. You say, that sounds idiotic. It doesn't. My only means of salvation is my believing that what Christ did for me is true. I have no other means. Am I going to die and go to hell? No, because I have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. What I'm trying to say is that is the only thing that we have to cling to. Is that Jesus Christ died for our sin. And that is what the evil of this world turns away from. They can't see. Why can't they see? The Bible tells us, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians, the Bible tells us that if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them the lost whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not. The God of this world cannot blind the minds of a believer. He can produce doubt, but he can't blind their minds but He blinds the minds of them that believe not. And they walk around haphazardly thinking, this is it, I'm going to enjoy this life, I'm going to do what I want to do, and this is freeing to me, when in all honesty it is bondage unto them, because they still abide under the wrath of God. It is not what men did to Christ on the cross. That saved you and I. It is that he satisfied the wrath of God. On our behalf. He satisfied that wrath. I have no wrath abiding on me any longer. What does this have to do with Joe? It has to do with the fact that God said he would confront the invader. And that he would deal with evil among his people and among all nations. There is coming a day when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. What? That Jesus Christ is Lord. What? To the glory of God. What is the purpose? It's to the glory of God. It is that you and I Understand that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Understanding not only that God will fill His people with His Spirit, understanding that God will not only confront evil among all nations, but the last portion, and we may read these verses of Scripture in verse number 17 down through verse number 21. Understanding that God will renew all creation. What does the Bible tell us about the earth? What is the earth doing right now? Is the earth not groaning for the day when Jesus Christ will make it anew? This earth groans. Why? Because not only was man... Taken into this this condemnation. The whole world. When Adam did what Adam did. It it complicated the, the very thing that God initiated man for. The very thing that God set things up for. And... Be assured that God is going to return us to what He set things out to be. It did not... (laughs) This is not a backup plan of God. This is not something God came up with because of God made this plan before man was ever created. The Bible tells us that this plan was in place before the foundations of the world. It did not take God by surprise. God knew what man would do, and God made a plan before a plan was ever needed. God made a plan. Why? Because God knows all things. Look at what he says in verse number 17. So shall ye know that I am the Lord your God, dwelling in Zion. My holy mountain, then shall Israel be holy, and there shall no strangers pass through her anymore. And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountain shall drop down new wine, And the hills shall flow with milk. And the rivers of Judah shall flow with waters. And a fountain shall come forth out of the house of the Lord. And shall waters of the valley of Shittim. Egypt shall be desolate. And look what it says here. And Edom shall be desolate. A desolate wilderness for violence against the children of Judah because they have shed innocent blood in their land but Judah shall deliver or shall dwell forever and Jerusalem from generation unto generation for i will cleanse their blood that i have not cleansed for the lord dwelleth in zion I want us to understand something. This is God renewing all things. And how does He renew all things? When when it's being talked about in this Scripture, when, when He's talking about Judah, He said, for the violence against Judah because they have shed innocent blood in their land. But Judah shall dwell forever and Jerusalem from the generation to generation. And I will cleanse their blood and I have not cleansed and the Lord shall dwell in Zion. What's he talking about? Where did Christ come from? Is he not the lion of the tribe of Judah, it is Christ that he's talking about here. It is Christ that shall live forever, and it is we who are in Christ that shall live forever. He will, He will deliver or restore that devastated land, the land that was devastated because of sin will be restored. Edom will once again be set up and God will dwell in Edom with His people. Why? Because Judah sits on the throne. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah rules and reigns. How does He rule and reign? Because He did what the Father said. Can I just kind of tie things together this morning? Our first Adam took us into sin. Our second Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. Born of a woman. Conceived of the Holy Ghost. Preached on this earth who He was and what He was. And was crucified on the cross of Calvary He was nailed to that cross, and what did he say happened on that cross? He said, I have the power to lay it down. And if I have the power to lay it down, I have the power to resurrect it again. It was the Lord Jesus Christ who laid down his life. It was the Lord Jesus Christ that gave up the Spirit. It was the Lord Jesus Christ that said, Father, into my hands, into thy hands I commend my soul. It was the Lord Jesus Christ that on the third day got up again. Why? So that we could dwell in Him. And that He could create all things afresh and anew. Do you you know the reason why there won't be a fall the second time around? Because we're all in Christ. And Christ will not fail. Do you know the reason why we fail in the Garden of Eden? Because we were in Adam. And Adam, just like us, could not. It, It was impossible for man. I don't care if his name would have been Adam. I don't care if his name would have been Charles. I don't care if his name would have been Jeff. I don't care what his name would have been. He was going to fail. So that Christ did not fail. That Christ would be our Savior. That Christ would rule and reign. And we will... Spend how long with Him? What did He give us? What kind of life did He promise us in John chapter number 17? He promised unto us eternal life. Why? Because that life is in Him. Because that life is in Judah. Why will Eden be restored? Why will all of creation be restored to what it is It will be restored because it's restored in Christ. Because all things He will make new. Because He is the one that will maintain all things. Why will we spend eternity with Him? Because He is never ending. Of Him there was no beginning. And of him there will be no end. And Joel's telling us that he will be on Mount Zion. And he'll dwell there. And we will dwell with him. And we will be his people. And he will be our God. Let's pray.